Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Taking you all the way till 9 o'clock p.m. here on 670 The Score. It is Gabe Ramirez. Got some more guests coming up on the show. Tim Stebbins going to be talking some Cubs baseball before 7.30. Got my guy Sean Little from BetMGM. He's going to be talking some uh, wagers at 8 o'clock. But right now, uh, I love talking Bulls. And I get to do it with my guy. He's joining us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He runs our website. He's our Bulls insider. He does so much more. He's a great dad now. Cody Westland. Cody, what's up, man? What's up, Gabe? How are you doing lately? You know, I actually, I got to be honest, I smiled. Just a slight smile. It wouldn't go all the way up. Like, I wouldn't show all my teeth, but a slight smile when the schedule came out for the Bulls today. How about, did you feel the same way or was it just business as usual for you? Uh, the, the NBA schedule doesn't hit for me like the NFL schedule gave. I, I know all these teams, like we know who they're playing basically every year. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. like it, the NBA schedule release really does nothing for me. <laughs> I'm interested in more the dates of the games as they pertain to holidays, birthdays, family members, events, stuff like that. You, you know, know? Yeah, like I, the I, NFL feels like a big deal. Oh, a team can start 4-0, you know, that matters. NBA, it like all evens out in the end. Yeah. And then if you're planning vacations, you know, like during exactly. football season, everyone knows we do not travel on Sundays. <laughs> and then during basketball season, it's like, yeah, when can I get away? When can I take the family? When's a good road trip for me to see? So clearly nothing stood out for you uh, when, when this dropped. There's nothing that's like, you're like, oh, wow. Yeah. The Bulls get to do this. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple notable takeaways. I mean, the NBA in-season tournament this year, it will be the inaugural in-season tournament, and that'll be played, the, the four pool play games over the course of November, and then the in-season tournament, the knockout rounds, will be played in early December. Right after that, the Bulls, Gabe, really have a brutal stretch where they play the Bucks, the Nuggets, the Heat twice, the 76ers, the Lakers. So when you look at parts of the schedule, you're like, hey, you know, the Bulls, they need to come out and play solid basketball early in the season because you hit mid-December and the stretch turns brutal, right? Like, I think that's what you're kind of looking at spots on the schedule sometimes. And then if you want to start even closer to where we are now on the calendar, I mean, the season opener to me, Gabe, is interesting. Uh, The Bulls will host the Oklahoma City Thunder at the United Center 
on October 25th. And like, that's going to be a really fun basketball team. And beyond the fact that Billy Donovan used to coach the Thunder, to me, it's interesting because we've kind of seen this static type Bulls roster, right? The same big three, the same types of players. And you'll have a young Thunder team coming in. And that's a team that's that type of team has given the Bulls fits before really here in recent years, young athletic teams that can get up and down the court a little bit and provide matchup problems. So like, those are some of the things I look at, like right off the bat, I feel like, Oh, that's an interesting game for the Bulls in their season opener. Yeah, like, are the Bulls going to be exactly who they were last year, beating, losing out to teams like this? You get to see Chet Holmgren have his yep. first game, uh, which is going to be exciting, and to see just how they gel, right? They didn't, like, Shagulis Alexander didn't have an opportunity to play with, with Chet in the regular season game. So, you know, seeing how they mesh, seeing how the other parts play in, that's going to be good. I always like to go to, like, the last couple of weeks of the season. Because sure. then obviously you have that hope that those games are going to be important. <laughs> and I saw that the Bulls play the Knicks three times in April. Yeah, old friend Tibbs. Like, what's I mean, up right with that? Game, that could be the fight for what? The, uh, the, the seventh seed, the eighth seed <laughs> the in the East? Like, the who's going to have two chances to win in the play-in yeah. round? Who's only going to have to win one game in the, in the play-in round? Who needs to win two? Um, yeah, like you said, I mean, three times in a 10-day stretch to close the regular season. Two of those games for the Bulls at the United Center, the, the season finale at Madison Square Garden. So that that's a weird scheduling quirk. We've seen some of those before. Um, in this case, in this season, the Bulls play the Heat twice, and both times they play them, it's kind of the baseball schedule type thing where they play them um, twice in Miami back-to-back, and they host the Heat in November, twice in Chicago, two times in three nights with an off day in between. Uh, so that, to me, the NBA obviously has wanted to cut down on the travel schedule, so those make sense, but it is very weird that the Bulls play the Knicks three times in the last 10 days of the regular season, and none of those are back-to-back, so you're not exactly cutting down on travel there, too. <laughs> but um, that's something that like NBA executives and teams have talked about in the past, that the one criticism of bunching some of these games for travel purposes is like you could play a team four times in the first half of the season, or maybe you play three of your four games against a team in a two-week stretch, and given how injuries go, given how trades happen, whether it's before or after the trade deadline, like you could really catch an opponent at a good time or a bad time, and then that can affect playoff seeding when there's tiebreakers involved or even when teams are one or two games separated in the standings. So everything you do in the NBA is a little give and take. You know, you cut travel a little bit, but you're going to have some of your games bunched up a little bit sometimes. Yeah, and hopefully uh, the Bulls will be in contention for a playoff spot and trying to fight for something when it gets to that point. Uh, talking to Cody Westerlin here on 670 The Score, I'm Gabe Ramirez. I'm looking at the roster. It's sad to look at, but I'm looking at the roster, and the first <laughs> the first thing I was going to open up this segment with so we're running it back, huh? That's yeah. awesome. It's like, oh my god! But 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 there are some new faces. I guess what I want you to do, Cody, is tell like the casual Bulls fan out there, like, are these guys going to make any difference at all when you're talking about the Tory Craig's and the and the the Javon Carters that have been brought into this onto this team? I don't think they're going to make a huge difference. If you're looking at the Bulls and you're like, the Bulls went 40 and 42 last year. If you're expecting the Bulls to win 48, 50 games, I'm, I'm not predicting that. So uh, insofar as you're, you're assessing these additions, I thought they were fine veteran additions. They made sense. But I don't expect them to give the Bulls a significant bump in the win column. I expect them to bring a little bit more just 
tenacity, professionalism, competitiveness to the Bulls night tonight. Maybe have a few less duds because when you have veteran players um, who understand and fit roles a little bit better, I, I think that plays out more often than not that can help. But it's interesting, right? Because you look at this season and you're like, hey, the Bulls are running it back again. And so much ties to, to the Bulls' big three of Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, and Nikola Vucevic. And that three, those three players, when they've been on the court together, just, I mean, they've basically been league average, right? Like their plus minus is always within like one point of, of dead even, of even par, you know? So that's not good enough when they're your three best players and, and uh, you're trying to compete. So to me, it's like, can Torrey Craig and Javon Carter, in whatever role they do, it's not like so much what they do, but can they help those three I don't know, relax a little bit, fit in a little bit better, make everything run more smoothly so those three play better together. I'm not expecting Javon Carter to go out there and average 16 points a game. You know what I mean? But, like, if there's a small sliver of what Javon Carter can bring the Bulls with good defense and organization on the offensive end and just stretching the floor a little bit, there's a small sliver of that that can replicate what Lonzo Ball did a couple years ago for the Bulls before – um, his career got derailed by injuries, then you're like, oh, there's a little bit of hope there. That's the reason for optimism um, in the Bulls' mind, I think. So that is not to say Lonzo and Javon Carter are whatsoever at all the same type of basketball player. <laughs> right, right, but, right, right. but if you can see the role they fill to just help keep the ball moving a little bit, stretch the floor a little yeah. bit, um, I think that could be a reason for optimism. Yeah, you have scorers. You need someone that can control an offense and give them the ball. We saw how valuable Pat, Pat, Will, or excuse me, Pat Bev was last year. Just yeah. handling that role, like I don't need to shoot, but if I can distribute it, the, you know, the way that Lonzo was good at doing and making sure everybody had their touches, that's something that the Bulls will welcome. Should the Bulls bring back Javante uh, Javante Green? Um, the reason I bring it up is because I, I look at some of the younger guys on this team, and I think to myself, man, it, you know, is, is, is somebody like Javante Green impeding their their growth, their opportunity to get a couple more minutes, so the Bulls can do what's been eluding them for years, which is develop. A player? Uh, I don't think they should bring him back, Gabe. And I say that for a couple reasons. Um, One, he just wasn't a good enough shooter. And you got to turn the roster over somehow when you're hovering around 500 um, like the Bulls were last year. You just got to do something different somewhere. Give other guys new looks. And Javante was fine last year shooting 37% on on low-volume three-point shooting. But, again, those were wide open, and it was not high volume. And I think this team just needs to turn over the end of the roster a little bit more. And when you look at it right now, like uh, they signed Tory Taylor to a non-guaranteed deal. Carly Jones is on a non-guaranteed deal. Those guys are kind of slotting in at the 14th and 15th roster spots. And you can have 15 standard contracts. The Bulls also have three two-way players. But, like, to me, it's like use that 15th roster spot turn it over a little bit, be willing to move a two-way player up to a standard deal if they really prove themselves or flip it and sign someone when they get waived, you know, add someone at the trade deadline, even if it's not someone you expect to be in your rotation. And like you bring Javante Green back, like I think you're just running again back the same team. And sometimes you have to run back the same team because DeMar, Zach are on long-term contracts and Vooch you can't replace if he leaves. But you don't have to do that with the end of the roster. Yeah. So I would vote no on the Javante Green idea. That's a great point, uh, Cody, because if you think about it, yeah, I mean, you know, you want him in there for his intensity, for his defense. But, 
your team should be playing defense. And the NBA is not predicated on defense right now in the present. So if you can get a guy that can knock down two three-pointers for you, though, like in the third quarter or, you know, when you're making that second-team transition and the, and the first going into the second, I mean, that's something that would look different for the Bulls. Um, last question before I get you out of here. I probably have a couple more, actually. But, Vooch, do, yeah. we, do we expect or should we be expecting – Maybe not 82 games, but like 72 games, but the same kind of output, like a 20 and 10 guy. Or is there going to be some sort of regression from a Vooch because maybe he got his money or maybe he's just getting older? You know, what, what do you think about that? Uh, I don't think you're going to see much regression out of Vooch by way of games played. Like he's he's a brick. He pretty much plays all the time, all 82 games last year. He's he's been healthy and reliable. So um they signed him to be their center every single night and just have that stability um, because that's – look, the Bulls have had several positions over the years that, that turn over a lot, and one of the things they liked about Vooch was his night-to-night availability. Now, you talk about regression in his performance. Yes, I, I think that's naturally what happens when you're looking at I'm trying to think here. He's, what, in his early 30s. I can check 32 going on 33 yeah. um, as the season opens up. So he hasn't shot it well enough from three-point range, but he was really good – um, inside around the hoop by way of percentage last year, shot almost 60%. So I would expect that um, just by way of the age curve to probably go down a little bit. Like you're not getting, when you look at him and if you look at DeMar's next contract, you're not getting these guys in the prime of their careers. You're getting them in the very back of their prime and then in the early years of, you know, the final, not just the final nine holes of their career, but kind of the final three or four holes of their career probably there. So, um, to me, the improvement from the Bulls really needs to come from the Zach Levine, the Patrick Williams types, um, what these other guys can do to fill roles and just plug in Vooch to be what he has been before. And certainly you hope he shoots the three ball a little bit better, but he's pretty much been last year um, what his career average was. So if you're looking at the Bulls roster, I expect a lot of the same out of Vooch. I think the Bulls, if if there's something else to to be confident about, it's I do think they have a solid 10-man rotation, right? Like, they're a little deeper. Injuries will hit. But just what they've done um, with some of their signings and if they can be a little bit healthier, I, I don't like their 10-man rotation for like, oh, go win an NBA championship. But when you're talking about an 82-game schedule night to night, I think that they got a solid bunch. Like, Ayo Desumu is starting too many games for him the past couple of years. He'll be in a bench role now. Like, that just makes more sense for him. You like him a lot more um, when he's part of your second unit rather than being relied heavily upon in your starting lineup. So I kind of like the depth, and I think you'll see a lot of the same out of the other guys. Talking to Cody Westerland here on 670 The Score, Gabe Ramirez. Cody, who's going to be the best three-point shooter for the Bulls? I would guess Patrick Williams has the best three-point percentage. (laughs) He was – he's good. I mean, he's – so we we criticize him a lot. The one thing he has is a great shooting touch, right? Like – when he's open, he, he shoots it at a high clip. He's a good free throw shooter. That's always a great sign um, for a lot of players for their outside shot, too. And I just I think his shots are going to be more open than Zach Levine's. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and some of these other guys, because they love to put him in the corner, too, a lot, Gabe. That's one of the most, it's the highest percentage three-point shot in the NBA. He shoots a lot of them from there. He's got a nice touch. So I would guess probably Patrick Williams. Do you, do you have a guess on your end? You know, I want to say I mean, I want to say Patrick Williams, but I I think I know Zach takes contested and crazy three pointers, but I still think he's going to be 
Now I'm going to go with Javon Carter. Well, the Javon career, Carter was really good last 30, year. 41, 42%, was I it? think. Was it? Oh, I thought um, it was like 30-some percent. No, Javon Carter was was really good last year for the uh, for the Bucks from three-point range, which is, I think, better than he'd been in recent years. But that that's a great guess, too, okay. I mean, if you're going to take it. Because, like, in the same... Same vein, right? Like Javon Carter and Patrick Williams should yeah. have a lot of open <laughs> sure. three-pointers if the Bulls run their offense correctly. That's what the hope is. Cody, I appreciate you jumping on, man, to talk about this exciting day for you. Bulls schedule released. I know you're not going to be able to go to sleep. You're going to be going and trying to, you know, do pregames on every single game. Yeah. Before you, while you're watching I've had a, a lot of sleepless <laughs> nights lately, Gabe. I don't know if it's because of my child or the schedule <laughs> yeah. release coming out. Good but. Luck. Good luck. Um, glad that's behind yeah, us. Yeah, good luck with that 2 a.m. feeding. All right, Cody, have a, have a good one, brother. <laughs> you take care, Gabe. We'll Thank see you. Thank you, for sure. Cody Westerman, the best, man. Um, just a really good dude uh, overall, and I love when we get a chance to hear from him here on the score because he is passionate about the Chicago Bulls and his coverage of them. He gives them the utmost respect when he's doing so. But the Bulls, man, you look at this team, and it is – you know, Kobe White, you're expecting good things. Torrey Craig, you're like, I don't remember you on the Suns last year. I know you lost in the playoffs. I know they got rid of two of their better bench guys, and you weren't one of those two. So that's okay. Andre Drummond running it back. Alex Caruso, you just you know what you're going to get from him. 50 hard games. The other 32 is just going to be injured. I wonder how Zach's going to respond. These are my inner thoughts. Feels very White Sox. My inner thoughts right now? Like, all of this you're saying. like You know what you're going to expect. It's the same bunch over and over yeah. again. Touch, trust me, I'm a tortured soul. Clearly, I love pain in, in consistent form because I follow both of these teams too closely. But Zach, I wish, like, I guess when I'm, ho- like, in my mind, I'm like, damn, Zach, you're still young. You know what I'm saying? And you're 28. 28. Zach Levine is 28. Zach Levine's been in the league forever. And he's 28. When you're 28, something should click, you know? Like, wow, wait, hold on. I'm better than everybody here. You're you're not going to beat me. And that's what I want Zach to have, that kind of mindset. Go from four and a half rebounds a game to six. Four assists a game is great for me. I have zero problem with that. 24 points a game to 27, you know, 27, six and four. And never just steal to shut up the haters, you know, just to shut up the haters. Zach, I love you, bro. Hope, hope you're doing well. <laughs> All right. We're going to talk uh, some Cubs baseball after this. What a game. I was putting my daughter to bed yesterday, watching the phone. I got the phone in one hand. Got the pillow blocking it so that the light doesn't bother her while she's trying to fall asleep, rubbing her back. 3-1, Gregory Santos is pitching, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I can't believe the Sox are about to sweep the Cubs. This is crazy. One batter gets on. Another batter gets on. And I had that moment where I looked at my phone and I saw Christopher Morrell, and I was like, damn. If there was one guy to hit a home run, like that would swing with all his might and wouldn't care, it's Christopher Morrell. And I was like, nah, but that's not going to happen. That's too crazy. And then the pillow went from blocking my phone to covering my mouth. Because I was saying some curse words. And 
worst part about being a Sox fan is not that they suck. It's that in situations like this where you win a game and you feel good against the Cubs and your city and friends and family, and then when you lose the game and you feel like you're on your way to a sweep and you've been talking trash the whole time, and then your inbox starts going crazy. I had to take a lot of things back last night. Dude. It's like I had to wear it for a while. Yeah. So the greatest play ever. I'm like, what? I'm all hating the greatest play ever. He hit a home run, bro. Bottom of the ninth. It happens. And everybody's like, yeah, if that were you, bro, you'd be going crazy right now. First of all, I don't sound like that. Second of all. Anyway. All right. Tim Stebbins from MLB.com hangs out with us and we'll ask him if he thinks the Christopher Morrell home run was the greatest moment in the Crosstown series. Tim Stebbins. Joins the show next. I'm Gabe Ramirez, and that'll be happening right here on 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Bellinger leads at second, Swanson away from first. And the one-two, swinging a drive toward right center, back goes Robert, back near the stands! That ball is gone! A game-winning home run for Chris Morrell! Can you believe it? Listen to this crowd! We're back, live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. We gotta get Miguel Esparza's call. Of that, let's get that one. We'll play that. Talk some more Cubs as the day goes on. It is Gabe Ramirez. It is six seventy. The score, and that was like almost like a no. It wasn't a double doink because I was at that game, and that was harsh. Christopher Morrell was more like, yeah, that's that's about right. Sox give up three run homer in the ninth. Yeah, twenty twenty three. That's that's how I feel in my heart. So it didn't shock me. 
But we get, we do get an opportunity to talk some Cubs baseball uh, for the next few minutes here on The Score with our next guest who is joining us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is a reporter for MLB.com and our good friend here on 670. It is Tim Stebbins. Tim, what's up, man? How are you? Good, Gabe. Thanks for having me on. Good to talk to you again. Uh, did anything uh, happen this week in Chicago baseball? <laughs> wow, you're like my brother, bro. Like we we gonna start on the wrong foot here, Timmy. Um, you know what? I, I will say this, okay? And it's one thing that I've been saying consistently since last year, Tim. And it is that I was impressed with Rossi did with what Rossi did last year at the end of the season with the talent that he had. And I know that you know he finally was given some pieces and he had to navigate through that as a, as a young manager still and figuring out what is the best lineup he can put out there especially when there's been movie pieces like Mervis, Jared Young, you know, the 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 the, the, the carousel that is first base trying to find somewhere for Morel to be and then finally finally seems like in the last week or two he's had a better grasp of what that lineup should look like so having Morel in that spot just seemed the, like, of course, this is what happens in that moment. Talk to me about what you were thinking in the ninth inning. Did you think, oh, man, Sox are about to win two straight. What am I going to, you know, are the Cubs going to make the playoffs? Or or did you have high hopes in what could happen in that ninth inning? Yeah, well, you know, there's 40,000 people there. And to get to, I was covering the White Sox yesterday for MLB.com. And to get to that clubhouse, you kind of have to navigate a lot of uh, traffic with all the different people there. So, with the way the score is, you know, I'm not leaving the press box, but I'm, I'm ready to, to jump up and run. But once they get two on, my, my thought was, especially when you saw the when the swings Morel took, is he, he might hit one to the moon. I mean, that's literally, <laughs> I'm not even paraphrasing. Like, that was my thought. And, you know, he didn't he didn't hit one with the high, high launch angle or anything. He hit a low-line drive, but he absolutely crushed it. Um, but I thought for sure that was a possibility there. That guy has so much power, and you knew in that spot he's going to give it his best go and, and swing swing hard. You know, that, maybe that doesn't mean swinging for the fences, but you know that power is in there. And Gregory Santos, if he's going to be throwing 100 mile an hour sinkers, you don't even have to swing too hard. He's bringing the velocity anyhow. So it definitely seemed like in that spot, like if anyone in this moment, if you could pick anyone on that roster, that yeah, you could see them crushing one like that at Christopher Morell, and, and lo and behold, there you go. Yeah, great great spot for him to be in, uh, even DHing, just so that, that way you can get that bat in there. Uh, but even the pitching was good, Tim, for the Cubs and for the White Sox. I mean, we obviously, you know, I have zero problem talking about them either. But Javier Assad, second start, you know, after the demotion of Drew Smiley and then how ironic that he gets the win <laughs> anyway at the very end. Uh, but what can you say about the pitching performances of both guys, a Mike Clevenger and a Javier Assad? Yeah, I'll start with Clevenger. I mean, I think that was his best start of the season for the White Sox. At least it was his longest, seven seven innings. But it goes beyond that. I mean, you could tell early on that the, the juices were flowing. And after the game, he pointed out it was his first time pitching at Wrigley since the, the 2016 World Series when he was with Cleveland. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there's something with Mike Clevenger and Wrigley Field, big big time atmospheres. But we, he faced Morrell in the first inning. I think the first two batters Clevenger faced it was a walk and a hit by pitch, and he got out of it without a run, and he struck out Morrell with like a, a 98 mile an hour fastball, and that's that's a few ticks higher than what he usually averages. So you could kind of tell from the get go he, he was 
he was he had something that day, and then all seven innings. I mean, I, I know like, if you're a Cubs fan, you're probably thinking from why are, why are we not hitting? Like, you know, you're looking at it more as like we're not performing. But I think you got on, on that day, you got to give a lot of credit to the other the other team and the other starter because Mike Clevenger was really really good last night. Um, Javier Assad, man, I mean that guy. Like we're talking about with with the smiley rotation situation, and the Cubs have had really I don't I don't think all year they've had a point where you know all their whole rotation's been at least healthy, if not you know all like kind of clicking at once. And maybe that's not to be that's kind of to be expected, I guess, in baseball. You're never going to be everyone moving in the same direction at once, I guess. But Assad has been so big, I think, for them over this month, especially. I mean, he faced Atlanta, and and he wasn't too efficient. He didn't go four innings and he threw over 80 pitches. But next start out last weekend with Toronto, that's a good team. He goes seven innings, shuts them down, one run. And then yesterday with the White Sox, I mean, three runs, two earned. And really the only mistake was the home run of Gavin Sheets. It was like a cutter over the middle of the plate. That guy has been huge for them. And, and as you can, as we kind of talk about with the Smiley situation and, and really the Stroman news yesterday, like having that depth and that's that's huge for this team and it's not depth right now because they they're going to need that from him uh really next few weeks and the rest of the way going forward yeah it looks like it when you're looking at the rotation of the chicago cubs i mean they've had opportunities to bring in guys like wisneski and uh, you know you've seen even michael fulmer threw his, his his name out there to say hey man I, I wouldn't mind having a start if need be but they do have depth whether it's young arms or veteran guys that can take some innings uh, eat some innings up, but the Cubs have that in spades. When you look at this uh, at this Cubs team, and you know it's hard to point to just one player because they do perform well as a unit. But you know when you look at what's what what is the gas in the tank of the Chicago Cubs that is filling them up, you know, on a weekly basis to to propel them to to victories like this. Who who is that for you uh, when you look at this team on a macro level? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, if you kind of thought about it, opening day for a large portion of the season, they're they're starting pitching and their their defense carried the day. But maybe I'll just kind of defer to what Jed Hoyer said uh, yesterday. He talked about Cody Bellinger being a center, like the centerpiece for the Cubs in this run they've had the last two months or so. Um, and I I think I would agree with that. I think he had such a different dimension to this team that maybe you didn't have the last couple of years and you go back and from, especially from a left-handed hitter. I mean, he's, he's easily, I think the Cubs best left-handed hitter since, you know, probably Anthony Rizzo four years ago. Um, and he, he was carrying them. I think like coming out of the break, I think out of the break, they didn't get off to the, to the best start post all-star, but obviously they've, <laughs> they've really kicked it into high gear then. And there was one guy always, I think each game in the center of it all, in that lineup, and it was Cody Bellinger. And I just think when you have an MVP-level performer like that, uh, that that adds a whole new dynamic to your team, and, and that's just the offense. I mean, you talk about him and, and what he does for them, their lineup defensively, because center field, we know he's, he's so good out there, but you have him as a first-base option too, and that was an area for several months this season offensively that the production wasn't there. And – Having him and the ability to slide him over there, it allows you to get guys in like like Mike Talkman, uh, Jamer Candelario now on this team. Like, you, there's just more lineup possibilities, I think, especially with the Candelario trade. But I think Cody Bellinger is a big part of that uh, with his versatility. And then you obviously want to give credit to someone like Mike Talkman, who has been a huge contributor for them. 
Mike Talkman has been, when I look at this team and whether I'm doing pre and post for them or just covering them here on the score, he is a guy, he is the surprise for me. He is the guy where, first of all, he wasn't even, you know, in the in the in consideration in the very beginning of the season. Then all of a sudden he's he's finding his way into lineups, hitting consistently, then gets thrown into the one hole and knocks that assignment out of the park. And to me, that is huge. I think it's him, and I think it's Dansby Swanson, not as MVPs, but just who solidify the lineup and allow everyone else to fall in line. It is a Dansby Swanson, you know, as a bookend to that two, three, four, you know, Horner, Hap, Bellinger. You know, I think Dansby's great on the other side of that where you don't have that pressure to be placed on a Jamer Candelario, on a Sezea Suzuki. And then talk when you get to put up front so that that way, you know, it doesn't have to be Horner. It doesn't have to be Morrell. Those guys can have be in lower pressure situations at the bottom of the lineup or have the ability to turn it over. And so, to me, those guys have been been very, very important to them and, and, and to where they have now find themselves, which is two and a half games out of first place. And the Milwaukee Brewers, after sweeping the White Sox, they've already lost their first two to the Dodgers. Third one happening tonight in about an hour. But it doesn't get any easier for the Brewers. They go to Texas for three, Minnesota, San Diego, and then they finish the month out against the Chicago Cubs. Do you, do you think that the Cubs will be sitting in first place by the end of the month? Uh, man, I mean, if they're not in first place, I, I, I would at least think they're going to be right up there. I mean, they're already right there. It's two and a half out, but they have a couple games in hand uh, on the Brewers, and the Brewers are playing today, so they're going to have to make those up to even the game totals. But, I mean, I think they should, uh, and that's really no disrespect to the Brewers. The Brewers are a good team, man. That's a, that's a well-managed team. It's a, it's a very sound team. Uh, so even with the Brewers' schedule, like you're saying, like entering this week, those four teams they have, the Dodgers, Rangers, Twins, Padres. It's rough. So they had a 550 winning percentage combined, those four, entering the week. And then like we're saying with the Cubs, the Cubs, their four teams in that same stretch, the White Sox, Royals, <laughs> Tigers, Pirates. Yeah. It's like a 400 winning percentage. Right. Um, so, like, I mean, it's to me it's, it's equal, right? Like the Cubs should take advantage of this part of their schedule, and that's why – Christopher Morell's heroics yesterday were so big because losing one, uh, losing losing two games to the White Sox, that would, that would have been pretty tough, I think. And um, especially when the Brewers were, they lost both games to the Dodgers. So yeah. I, the, Cub, the Cubs need to take advantage of this stretch and, and you respect the Brewers. But even if the Brewers play around 500 ball in that stretch with those, those challenging teams, like in theory, the Cubs, you would think they could go better than 500. And in that sense, when Milwaukee comes to town at the end of the month, if the Cubs aren't, you know, whatever, half game up, a game up in first, like you would hope based on the schedules that they're at least right there. Yeah, that would be the thinking. Get get to about a, a half a game or a game and then have your three games set and try to really just turn the corner right there. Tim, I appreciate you hanging out with us and talking some White Sox and Cubs baseball. Too bad nothing crazy happened yesterday and we couldn't talk about so couldn't talk about that. Yeah, too bad. <laughs> have, a, have a good one, Tim. Make sure you guys follow him, Tim underscore Stebbins, S-T-E-B-B-I-N-S on Twitter so that that way you can get all the updates on what he has going on. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's 670 to score. Um, as When I started this thing at 6 o'clock, I was talking to Mark Grody. He was out at practice, and a ton of people are reporting now that Eberflus has said that Justin Fields will not play on Saturday. 
along with a couple of other starters, which makes sense to me. You let him come out for a second series last week, and you probably only wanted him to play one, but he got his time in. You feel comfortable with where he's at. You don't need to see the process play out. I will be on 670 to score following the Bears game. Are you are you producing me that day? I am, so I'll be with you for that too. Hey, all right, Leo. So you and I, with the night shift till 11 p.m., rolling. But we're going to be able to talk some, some Bears football. It's going to suck without Justin Fields. They'll talk about a game without Justin Fields. But I'm going to do it anyway. You want to know why? Because that's how much we love this damn team. We're obsessed with this team. We are, we are going to be locked in. You want to talk about some in-depth analysis? I'm going to be going, like, I'm going to probably going to break down a drive in the fourth quarter. I'm going to go deep. So get ready for those cuts, Leo, so we can do that. All right. Uh, there is a member of the White Sox who is going to be playing more games than he anticipated. We'll talk about his situation after this. It's Gabe Ramirez, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, Cubs fans, it's Dancy Swanson. Back toward the wall, that ball's got a chance! We're back, live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Going to be talking some gambling at the top of the hour with my guy Sean Little. We got to talk about our Twitter handles. Mine's Chicago underscore Gabe. His is Chicago Flow. Like, Papa, you don't even live here anymore. I did. I just buy a house in Oak Park. And people have been telling me that I need to change my name to Oak Park Gabe. But I said, <laughs> out of my dead body. So TA had his suspension reduced from six games to five games. And before we talk about that, I want to remind you, through the weekend, the BMW Championship is being hosted at Olympia Fields and Country Club Hills. Olympia Fields at Olympia Fields Country Club. Excuse me. Jeez. <laughs> Clearly, I don't watch golf. But I like to gamble on it. So, uh, matter of fact, I'm going to text Sean Little to tell me who, should be, who I should be bet- betting on that. We'll talk about that at the top of the eight. But, of course, Tim Anderson had his suspension reduced from six games to five games. He came out with a statement. Thanks for putting this on here, Leo Stoddard. Tim Anderson said, I want to apologize to the entire White Sox organization. My teammates, manager, and coaches and to the fans for my part in the altercation which took place in Cleveland. 
Somebody got to proofread that. Too many ands. This has been an incredibly disappointing season for me personally and for our team. I will not get into the things that were said to me by Cleveland players both Friday night and Saturday. But those comments do not excuse my language or conduct. And I take full responsibility for my emotions getting the better of me. Hmm. Again, in the best of me. The Cleveland players are free to say whatever they want. Damn, you double back on that? But I will just say that no one has more respect for the game of baseball than me. I look forward to returning after serving my suspension and finishing the season playing the best baseball I can to help my team. Now, there's a lot there. I've done a lot on this station as the lone Latino in regards to translating things that have been said by La Pantera, Luis Robert Jr., uh, things that have been said by Oscar Colas. I wish I would have been asked to, to interpret what was said by Jose Ramirez. Because I think it's extremely unfair to quote the translator. Does that make sense? Like, Jose Ramirez talks for two minutes. The translator gives you a summation of what was said. Not a word-for-word breakdown, but a summation. 70% accurate. And could I be wrong, but also, like, with the translator, you don't get the the tone of how he says it. In certain moments, I will say this. The translator for the Cleveland uh, Guardians that game, best translator I've ever seen. Okay. But, like, ever. His, he, he had mastery of the English language and the Spanish language. Mastery. And he did a great job. The problem was, again, Jose Ramirez was talking for three minutes. Like, Leo, even, even in English, it would be hard for me to, if I were to talk for three minutes, for you to then try to repeat exactly what I said in English. Right. In English. Let alone have to translate it and try to remember and say it. And so... I know what Tim Anderson is alluding to here when he says the Cleveland players are free to say whatever they want, but I'll just say no one has more respect for the game of baseball than me. So clearly he's talking about what Jose Ramirez was mentioning, or at least what the translation said. And again, best translator I've ever seen. But it doesn't take away from the fact that there were missing pieces that... Again, tone that you that you alluded to, you don't get or phrases that when said in Spanish and then translated in English don't hit the same, right? He's not a very respectful player. He disrespects the game a lot. But, like, there was context around that from Jose Ramirez. But that's the quote that you hear. And Tim, he ain't going to speak Spanish. So he's like, all right, what did the translator say in that five minute? What did he say in that five minute speech of his? I wish Tim Anderson would have taken the humble self-deprecating approach. Got my ass whooped yesterday, guys. I can't believe I got knocked out on the on the field. I mean, like, I wish some there would have been some jokes there. You gotta own that, bro. You can't, like, you can't. 
Because you know what Major League Baseball is doing right now? Everybody's just sweeping it under the rug as if somebody didn't just get knocked out on the field, right? Like everybody's like, mm, don't talk about that. That's embarrassing. But you know, so the first second that Tim Anderson tries to get crazy with anyone, you know how it goes when you're your fellas. Bro, I am not Jose Ramirez. Do not play with me. I will knock you out. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone gets to use that from here on out. And so I wish he would have just owned it a little bit, had a little Saturday Night Live approach to, to, the, <laughs> to the situation. I want to apologize. Like he could have started. I want to apologize to the entire White Sox organization for embarrassing myself, <laughs> for thinking I, could, thinking I could square up. Shout out Michael Kopech for helping the punch land properly on my jaw. Like things like that. You know what I'm saying? But this is in alignment with who Tim Anderson is, who he's been, and who he will be. Someone that, I mean, he takes responsibility. I'm having a terrible season. I I made a mistake. It doesn't excuse my language or my conduct. I look forward, the best thing you could say, I look forward to returning after serving my suspension and finishing the season playing the best baseball I can to help my team. Help your team what? They're out. Over with. Bye-bye. Yeah, he could have helped him out yesterday. What did he do in that game? Look at this box score. Tim Anderson, before we go to break. TA, ah, mm, 0 for 3. Mm. Andrew Benatendi, who should be the leadoff guy for the Chicago White Sox, 2 for 3. What a walk. Andrew Benatendi should be in the one hole. T.A., I love you. I want to make this very clear. I like. I wish I could be friends with Tim Anderson. You want to know what wouldn't have happened if I was in the dugout with Tim Tim Anderson getting knocked out and everybody just leaving Jose Ramirez scot-free. I'm just trying to tell you the kind of love that I have for Tim Anderson. I would have ran out there. But like, don't you hit my Timmy. <laughs> but doesn't take away from the fact that he should not be in the, in the leadoff spot. Andrew Benatendi should be there. TA at two, I mean, I would do something drastic. I'd move them all the way down. Put Yo-Yo at number two. Benatendi, Yamakata, Luis Robert Jr., Eloy Jimenez, Andrew Vaughn. Then throw a TA in there to get on base for the back-end guys like Gavin Sheets, Yasmani, and Oscar Colas. (sighs) What a season for the Chicago White Sox. Damn. I mean, super disappointing. Five-game suspension after getting knocked out. Like that is That right there is the White Sox season. You get suspended more than the guy who punched you. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, you know, make me feel better talking about some gambling. And that's what we're going to do next. Sean Little from BetMGM is going to be hanging out with us talk a little bit about what the end of the season looks like for these two teams, but more importantly, the bears, where does he sit with that over under seven and a half? Where does he sit with the 2850 passing yards for Justin Fields? We'll get an expert's opinion after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez. It's 670 to score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 